get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. God, Andy Dalton had a hell of a game last night, right? Oh, my God. Just a hell of a game with he, Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario and Brandon Kylie. He got Fernario'd <laughs> yesterday in the update. Well, and I put the tweet out there when someone was giving me trouble about my update, and I said, let's be honest here. Does anybody really remember Andy Dalton? Oh, well, we do now. I do. After we, his performance now we last night, I, we'll get into all of that oh. coming up a little later on. Let's now go out to the Brown and Group and Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by our guy Jeremy Rutherford. He's the Blues Insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic, joining us here on ribs and bk jr always appreciate the time man how you doing today yeah i thought uh, ferrario was doing a drinking game there. i was taking a chug of my uh, ice cream shaker every time he said andrew dalton <laughs> just an ice cream <laughs> shake huh getting getting started on early on a tuesday morning yeah you have to a little, little protein in there so jr let's start with this um yesterday we talked about whether or not the blues could potentially be in the market for a top six forward i was kind of looking around and I saw that the Blues are currently about a million dollars over the cap. And based on the way Doug Armstrong is talking about Alex Steen, it makes me wonder if there's a little more than meets the eye to that situation. Do you think it's possible that Steen ends up going on that long-term IR for longer than we are anticipating? And the Blues currently, based on that, have about $4.5 million in cap space that they could work with for that top six forward if they wanted to add one. Yeah, and I would add Vladimir Tarasenko to that conversation. And I agree with you. Every time I've heard uh, Doug Armstrong speak about Alexander Steen lately, it doesn't seem promising. And we know that he was banged up at the end of the season. Alexander Steen said that he didn't think he would need surgery. We don't know if that happened. Uh, But Doug Armstrong doesn't sound promising in terms of him coming back. And so there's several million in uh, salary cap space, as well as Vladimir Tarasenko, the five-month reevaluation period would take you up until about February, but we know that that's not concrete. But when Doug Armstrong was speaking about this the other day, guys, he said that uh, we feel you know very confident that we'll be okay cap-wise when we get to the start of the regular season because of those injuries to Tarasenko and Steen. So uh, I do think that frees up some long-term injury money. So, JR, when we talked to Army a while back and then listening to, obviously, him talking to other media members, he made it very clear during the Alex Petrangelo signing period that he had no desire to use long-term injury money to get that deal done because he felt that it was a risk, and if players come back, then you have a crowded cap in the middle of a season, and you're kind of in bad shape when other teams come to try and take players from you. And so that being said, at this point, do you think that Army's reevaluating that and looking at the Alexander Steen long-term injury as well as Tarasenko 
And do you think he would now entertain going to get a top six type forward or even even a third line forward that could come in there and, and help the St. Louis Blues? Yeah, and, and you know, whether it's evaluating what he said earlier, you know, I don't know if, if that's it. But I think when you sign Alex Petrangelo, let's just say eight times eight, and you go well over the cap, you're putting yourself in a bind, even if you're using that long-term injury money, because as you guys know, what happens if and when Steen and Tarasenko come back, you have to get back under the cap. So if the Petrangelo contract takes you $5 million over, you've got to shed $5 million when those guys come back, if you're using that long-term money. As far as the top six forward, what I think could be happening is that there are a few forwards out there you look at Eric Halla I know the Blues don't need a center Uh, you look at the declare he put up 20 plus goals I think Granlin's still out there you know these are guys who've put up some points in the league and they've made some decent money and now I think GMs around the league are just waiting for their price to drop and and I don't know if that's going to happen you know next week or or two weeks Uh, but then if you can get one of those guys at bargain price maybe a couple million dollars I think Doug Armstrong would probably be interested at that point so he's probably monitoring those situations and then that isn't as big of a deal in terms of shedding some salary to get back to the cap later on I think the Alex Petrangelo situation would have been much different JR just kind of as a little bit of a follow-up there do we think there's any chance that Alex Steen ends up not coming off of the long-term IR like that this he ends up staying on that all year he gets the money that is owed to him and then maybe he tries to come back for the postseason and we know how that works when we talked about it so much last year with Tarasenko it doesn't end up counting against your cap is it possible we don't see Steen this year I think it's a possibility. I mean, just based on how Doug Armstrong sounds, I mean, uh, to be up front, I, I don't know the extent of the injury. And like I said a second ago, you know, a lot of times these players have the surgery without anybody knowing, you know, if the club, club doesn't uh, acknowledge or, or announce it. So, you know, I don't want to pretend to know what the outcome of, of what his injury will be. Uh, but I, I do know that Doug Armstrong had said several times that he felt like everyone was going to be back for the start of camp whenever that was and be okay. Uh, but he has twice uh, left out uh, Alexander Steen, so it just doesn't sound promising. So uh, could we get into January and February and, and find out that Alexander Steen could miss the entire season? Uh, I, I'm just not there yet, but I'll agree with you that it is possible based on the way Doug Armstrong has sounded. Our Blues insider Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on 101 ESPN. Follow his work over on The Athletic and give him a follow on Twitter at J.P. Rutherford. JR, uh, Jamie mentioned a name to me the other day that made a lot of sense, and it was Corey Perry, right winger, shoots from the right side. Basically, from what Jamie said yesterday, you could put Robert Thomas as that top-line center. You could have either Shin or Schwartz next to him and then bump the other one down to that second line with Perron and O'Reilly. Is that another name that you think makes a little bit of sense for the Blues? He's 35. He's getting up there in age at this point, but... Uh, in terms of where he plays maybe make a little bit of sense and and stylistically makes sense here too yeah I think so I think that uh, you look at the Joe Thornton signing in Toronto and there's been a lot of talk this past week about a team like Toronto continues to sign over the hill guys what does that say about their uh, leadership so on and so forth and you know names like uh, Corey Perry and Pavelski went to Dallas and I don't think that was a situation at, at all where that was necessarily, uh, you know, they had passed their prime and couldn't contribute. I think those guys that were phenomenal and, and were a big part of why Dallas uh, went as far as they did in the playoffs. So I think if uh, Corey Perry is available, 
uh, you could make room for him. Uh, as we go back to the salary cap, of course, though, it's got to be a situation where it's not going to cost you much. I mean, Doug Armstrong may still have to move some parts uh, to make this all work if he doesn't want to use that long-term uh, injury money, as, as we just discussed. So for me, I got all the time in the world to uh, to work out a deal with Corey Perry if, in fact, he would be interested. Yeah, JR, to your point earlier, I think that he would come in at a really reasonable price tag, too. I think you'd get him for one, maybe 1.5 because he's made his money in the NHL. I think he wants to play with a team that the window is open for another championship, and I think he'd be a great fit. We talk about Pat Maroon being missed in front of the net. Well, Corey Perry is certainly that style of player. Um, now, moving along, talking about salary cap and contracts, uh, we get a lot of texts with this question. Do we know where we're at with the Vince Dunn negotiations? I know he was given his qualifying offer now it's the balls back in his court whether he signs it or holds out. Do we do we have an update? Yeah, I checked in on a situation. Uh, you know where it stands with Vince Dunn is he was in a situation where he could have been uh, a restricted free agent with arbitration rights after three years, and there was just a snafu with that first contract from the agent perspective. And so Vince Dunn needs uh, another year before he becomes arbitration eligible. And when you don't have any leverage, that's a situation where the the team is going to get you at the the price they want to get you. But Vince Dunn, 21 goals combined the past two years, we know what he's meant to this team, even though he's only playing 16 minutes a game and some people would like to see him play a little more. Uh, he's a guy who's established himself in the league, but without that arbitration, it's just hard for him to have any leg to stand on. So, you know, I've speculated at what it could cost uh, to bring him in, you know, 2.5, maybe 3 million. That was kind of pre-pandemic. Now you might be looking at a 2 to 2.5 uh, for, for Vince Dunn. I don't think the Blues have much concern about, about getting him in here because uh, they have his rights. So uh, he's going to have to come in and play as a member of the St. Louis Blues if he's going to play. He's just going to have to wait it out in terms of finally having some leverage next year in the negotiations. JR, where does he fit in? And the reason I ask that is we got Marco Scandella on a long-term deal. You've got Tory Krug, who, let's be honest, he he's much like a Vince Dunn as far as size, speed, skill set. Now, certainly he's had more success and he's had a longer career thus far than Vince Dunn, but very comparable stylistically. You also have Carl Gunnarsson over there. You have Mikola, who's on a one-way contract this year. And you have Perunovic, who, for all intents and purposes, is a Tory Krug slash Vince Dunn type player. Where does Vince Dunn fit in? And if he doesn't, is Doug Armstrong maybe looking at the possibility of of moving that player to acquire that top six or another depth forward without having to butt up against a salary cap. Yeah, that, that definitely is a scenario that could play out. You know, I don't think the Blues have been all that happy with uh, Vince Dunn and his commitment You know, in the offseason, getting in good shape and, and coming to camp and having a, having a good camp. Uh, he has established himself, as I said, as a good player in this league. Doug Armstrong did mention the other day when he was talking about the Blues' top four that Vince Dunn is a guy who could slide into that. In the past, they've been reluctant. They've even played Carl Gunnarsson up there a lot with uh, Alex Petrangelo instead of, of Vince Dunn. So um, he's a guy who I'm sure he does have trade value, but you look at it, he could have received an offer sheet and the team would have only had to give up a, a second-round pick to get Vince Dunn. Uh, and that hasn't happened yet. So could the Blues trade Vince Dunn to potentially get a top six forward? That'd be definite uh, trade bait, I would think. 
the only thing here is you mentioned Mikula, you mentioned Perinovic. These guys are still young and unproven. And what does Carl Gunnarsson have left? He's in the final year of his contract. So uh, to me, I don't know that I could move Vince Dunn with all that uncertainty on that left side. Uh, Finish by saying this, you mentioned Perinovic, you mentioned Tori Krug, Vince Dunn, kind of an undersized guy. You know, what direction are they going on the left side there? You could potentially, if, if those players continue to play well and Prinovich proves himself, you know, have a number of smaller size guys on that side. Hey, if they can play, uh, that's great. But I think you're going to want to have some size back on that defense. The Blues have been known for that. And uh, they definitely have brought some undersized guys into the fold here recently. JR, final quick question for you. Uh, earlier this week, I think it was yesterday, we found out Doc Emmerich is going to be uh, calling it a career. He's officially retiring after being one of the greatest hockey broadcasters, frankly, we've ever seen. I know you've got a pretty good Doc Imrich story. What what was your reaction to the news? And if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us, I, I think that our, our our audience would appreciate it. Yeah, first of all, just a quick uh, story here is uh, I was uh, flattered a couple years ago. One of the writers said, hey, would you like to go to lunch with a group of us? And Doc's going to go. And I said, oh, yeah, I can't wait. So they all walked down from the United Center in Chicago down to the Palace Grill. And I sit down, and I'm excited. I'm going to have lunch with Doc and hear his stories. And I look at my phone and realize, son of a gun, I've got to go do a radio hit with Jamie Rivers. So I get up. I leave the big juicy burger sitting there, and I walk outside in the 30-degree windy Chicago and talk to Riv for 15 minutes. And I come back, and Doc's like, well, you know, everybody's laughing. And Doc says, well, so those are my stories. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for coming to lunch. And, and so, Dane, uh, I missed a really good memory there. I think you're more upset that you missed out on the burger, Jeremy. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. God, I always set you up. Yes, you do. Thank you for that, too. <laughs> But uh, but what a guy, what a class act. A little bit of a surprise uh, yesterday, and uh, I, I just put a piece up at The Athletic, uh, inside stories from those who, who lived Doc Emmerich's career with him yesterday. Spent a lot of time on the phone with uh, Marty Brodeur, Eddie Olchek, John Davidson, Joe Micheletti, everybody, and uh, Kenny Albert. We got a story from each of them about Doc Emmerich. So uh, what a career, and uh, hockey is at a big loss after that news today, yesterday. JR, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. People can find your work over on The Athletic. Give you a follow on Twitter as well, at JP Rutherford. We'll talk with you next week, my man. Thanks a lot, guys. You got it. That's Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on 101 ESPN.